welcome to episode 79 of season 2 of the Search with Canada podcast. I am your host, Jack Chambers-Ward, and this week I am joined by the SEO specialist over at KWeb, Katie McDonald. Katie and I will be talking about things that are annoying us about SEO in 2023, some do's and some don'ts, essentially, across all the different various topics within SEO. It's a very fun conversation. I think you'll very much enjoy it. But before we get to my conversation with Katie, I'd like to say a huge thank you to Search with Canada's sponsor, the one and only Systrix, the SEO's toolbox. And if you go to systrix.com slash SWC, that stands for Search with Canada, you can get access to their fantastic free tools and also a free trial of their and also a free trial of their main service as well. On the Systrix blog, they have recently released a couple of index watches for Q2 of 2023. The one in the UK done by former guest of the show, the fantastic Luce Rawlings, who is a data journalist over there at Systrix. And also an index watch from Sweden from the latest data journalist, Herve Latuda. I apologize, Herve, if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly. I don't think I've ever spoken Swedish in my entire life. On the UK side of things, Luce is talking about Kaspersky, the internet security company, basically growing almost 50% because of their informational content familydoctor.org, which is a US site that is having some success in the UK search side of things. And of course, talking about DIY.com, aka the brand B&Q, which we have talked about quite a few times on the show before, because they are doing some fantastic work and are still growing. There is a really kind of kind of shining case. I always use B&Q and their website DIY as an example when I'm talking about combining e-commerce with informational content and informational intent for the for the search intent and why they're doing so well with that. So highly recommend you go and check that out in a bit more detail. Links will be in the show notes, of course, at search.withcanda.co.uk. Luce is also talking about why cancer.org has been dropping recently and there seems to be an international aspect causing that drop. There's also something to learn from the Corporate Finance Institute as they seem to be losing visibility as well. And Matalan, a retailer we talked about not too long ago, maybe a few months ago on the show, also appears to be pretty significantly losing their visibility with about a 30% drop since Q1 of 2023. So that is the search winners and losers for the UK of Q2 of 2023. Over to Sweden, having a look at a pretty big kind of thing. Uh, a lot of the news media stuff is taking a big rebound. There is a lot of like science and educational stuff seeing a pretty big percentage increase as well. I know very, very little about Swedish SERPs and, and Swedish search in general. So this is a really interesting little glimpse into that side of things from a search perspective. If you've never looked into Swedish SERPs before, this is a really, really fantastic article to dive into and get some more data out of. What this article does, it looks at the share of the search, it looks at long-term and short-term stuff, kind of dividing everything by industry sectors and categories different business models, all this kind of stuff. And talking about things like the drop-in visibility for things like online doctors and things like that, the power of publishers and various different publishing things, especially when it comes to the medical side of things and how they're growing and losing visibility there as well. It's a really interesting look at the Swedish SERPs. I highly recommend. And like I said, I'll have links for both of these in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk. My 
My guest for this week is an SEO specialist at KWeb, and also you may recognize her from a recent episode of the SEO Mindset podcast. Welcome to the show, Katie McDonald. Hello, you all right, Jack? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the show. Yes, I'm good, thank you. Really excited to, to be chatting SEO. Yes, I'm very excited. Me too, because <laughs> I think this is going to be a, a little bit different to some of the, the previous episodes we've done. I've covered a lot of different topics over the last few weeks, whether that's Mark and I doing Q&A stuff or loads of different guests uncovering a lot of different topics from Google perspectives to SGE and the future of SERPs and all this kind of stuff. I think it's time we go on a little bit of a rant, right, Katie? This was kind of the the topic you and I were discussing earlier. It's like, let's let's have a little vent. Let's have a little, an open, honest discussion about the state of SEO and what we think people are doing wrong and what has been going wrong and all that kind of stuff in 2023. Yeah, I think there's some things that need to be addressed to, to, to make us all better SEOs because that's what we're all here for, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. So when you came up with and, and pitched me this idea, what was your kind of thought behind it? What was the kind of, this is the kind of thing I want to talk about? Or was this uh, something I would want to hear if I was listening to a podcast from that kind of angle as well? Um. So when when I was kind of excited to get onto the podcast and I thought, oh, what, what really exciting, like, up and coming, like revelationary topics can I talk about? <laughs> kind of feeling the pressure of like oh, all these all these amazing topics that are being talked about. And so oh, God, what can I say? Like there's all these things that annoy me about SEO and there's everything going on in, in the SEO world. And then when when you suggested, well actually what's annoying you in the industry, what's exciting you in the industry, I kind of realised, oh well, it doesn't have to have to be like some massive topic and some groundbreaking piece of piece of research. It can it can just be actually we're all SEOs. What's really niggling at you at the moment um, that we could, you know, be used to do SEO better? I thought, right, there's a topic, and suddenly reeled off um, the, the the now narrowed down <laughs> list of, um, of, of things to address. Because obviously, it'll be a bit. Um, I'm sure I'll put my heart and soul into it, but it'll there'll be some good things to take from it as well. Definitely to 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 not just to make us better SEOs. Yeah. So yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm <laughs> very excited to get it all off my chest. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think it's going to be a really good chat. And I, I really love the kind of way you took that phrase, because that's the, the the phrase I tend to use for any guest. If they can't think of a topic or they're not like instantly pitching me a topic as, as a guest, I say like, well, what are you really enjoying? What are you finding annoying? And you were like, aha, annoying. <laughs> <Light> <laughs> Perfect level. opportunity. Let's jump on that. <laughs> Definitely. So shall we dive into point number one on the list? And let's talk about, should we say, some uh, some conflicting kind of reports and things like that. A lot of people say, oh, you need to rank for this keyword. You need to be targeting these keywords. But I think from your point of view, and I think a lot of our point of view, I know our, our SEO director here, Mark, has talked about this a lot. You really should be looking at search intent rather than just plain old keywords, right? Yeah. So I think there's, there's two things really here. Reporting in itself is, is a whole minefield. Um, but then also there's the whole, are you reporting on keywords? Are you reporting on search intent? Um, and then there's the whole, you have to think even wider than that. So you, SEO isn't just about keywords, which is a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think we need to be, when we get, when we, we have, we see so many like, um, I don't know, companies get in contact with us or, um, like every agency does or like every, you know, lots of, lots of companies do. Um, with oh we've we've looked at your website and um you, you know we can get you ranking number one in four days with these links and and it's like <laughs> or, or they'll or they'll throw us um they'll clearly have you know 
done a really quick site audit in hrefs or something and it says oh you know 70 percent instead of 100 actually your, your title tags aren't long enough or all this kind of stuff and actually you look at search console and then you start asking questions to the client about their business you get to you know get to understand the business how it works the priorities are you know where they're going to get the best roi then you do a strategy around that and it's like suddenly like you know there's a one's obviously much more thoughtful and thought through and the other one's just pulling a report in a technical audit that says oh you need to change your title tags that's gonna make no difference unless it's like literally obviously obviously your meta titles and things need to be kind of they need to make sense they need to be optimized but it's pointless optimizing it if it's the wrong intent or do you know what i mean so there's there's reporting and then there's actual like is this working is your is your business getting more business because of what we're doing and then there's like the technical audit that doesn't mean anything to anyone it's not going to make a difference so yeah there's that that bit in the middle there i think where a lot of people get like you say kind of these we're going to say it we're ranting on this episode the the dodgy agencies that just kind of like just chuck their logo on a white paper like Moz Export or an Hrefs Export and be like, oh, we found that your site is only, like you said, 70% good or whatever the hell yeah. that means. Like, As if all of those different tools report different numbers at any given moment. And it's all third-party data, so yeah, it's all kind of wishy-washy anyway. But you're totally right there where you'll get those like, oh yeah, we'll get you ranking number one for this keyword in so many weeks or so many days or whatever. But if that keyword isn't relevant like directly relevant to your customers, your business, whoever your website is for, what's the point? Like that's the search intent there. And this is something we talk about so many, so often with our clients here. And I was, I was having a conversation the other day where they had, uh, it's, a, it's a wholesale client of ours, so an e-commerce client of ours. And a lot of their category pages were just like the generic phrase for this type of product. And I said, how about we add wholesale or bulk buy or like those kinds of phrases to actually target the kind of b2b audience you're looking for rather than a b2c audience and there was the phrase wholesale was not on the website once they don't mention that at all and i was like how about we you know shift that because that has a much clearer intent for the kind of audience you're looking for if people are looking to buy x product sure maybe you can buy it in a one pack or a two pack or probably go and get it in Tesco or whatever. If you want to buy 500 of these things, you're probably searching for bulk buy product X or, you know, wholesale product X or whatever it is. And that's what they do. And it didn't even occur to, you know, the previous agencies they'd worked with apparently and all this kind of stuff to be like, yeah, that's a whole different twist that the search intent is so different for those two. Just little modifiers on the keywords make such a big difference. And I think you're totally right. You can look at oh, this one's got the biggest search volume, so let's search for this. And you add wholesale modifier to it, and it's 10 times less. But then, as you were saying there, you're then talking about conversions, you're talking about sales, and that's, at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're here for, right? Is to make the client money, to make sure people are inquiring, people are purchasing stuff. Definitely, yeah. I think that's so strange, actually, that you mentioned the the bulk buy example, because (laughs) I literally have two examples in my head, and one of them is about a website that's about bulk buying, so... I don't Perfect. know what's weird going on here. Um, but no, there was a the example that I had um was well with one from one of my own clients where they were trying to rank for um modular, modular emergency buildings um with the mindset that it's um 
it was for they were getting this right around now. They'd got their intent wrong. I say wrong. They'd not obviously they hadn't done the SEO research because we hadn't looked at that page yet. Um, but basically, they they wanted to rank and get leads for people for businesses and schools etc. Who need like I don't know they had had they'd had a fire and they needed to um, like they needed an emergency temporary building to help them in that crisis. Whereas right, right. what you get when you look for modular emergency buildings is there's not really people don't use a modular emergency buildings they just search the term emergency buildings first of all because they don't think modular um and also when you look for um when we then started we kind of did a whole deep dive and it was one of those where it was a massive project in the end um and they said oh what about can we rank for like modular police station modular you know, this, that, and the other, because actually they were trying, they, they, there was then a confusion over whether they should rank for, um, the, like, the NHS services and the emergency services. Um, like, they can build a modular police station or a modular, you know, doctors or a mod- whatever it was. Um, but then the, the search intent, actually, for a modular police station was Lego-related. So <laughs> I kind of had to go to them and explain, look, this is what we're actually what we're working with. You're better off having one page they had they ranked really well to be fair because it was talking about modular emergency buildings and it was so niche but then people would get on that page and bounce so they literally had no conversions from that page and i kind of had to explain well that's why because it's all well and good ranking but if you search intense <laughs> wrong no one's going to want to buy lego because they're not looking if, for lego if people are expecting lego and they're not getting lego <laughs> so yeah it's um it's make or break it really is make or break and i um i think that difference between like you say clients wanting to go for the the big big you know exciting search volume when you say oh you know if i want to rank for red shoes it's our shoe you know shoe retailer um because it's got 50 million or i don't know what the numbers are but whereas actually if you go super long tail um and get more specific with it people looking for size six red shoes for a girl you know what i mean then that's far more likely to convert um and obviously it's going to be a bit (laughs) less competitive to rank for um, yeah, but the uh, the other example, just to throw this in as well, um, with the bulk buy thing, um, was where this guy had he'd created a website um, called Bulk Co. I think um, I'm not sure if that's the same one that you worked on, but um, it's not. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> You're not suddenly outing my clients. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, so that he he made this. It was a dummy test website, just literally for for SEO testing, basically. And he'd um he'd he'd researched around the keywords for bulk, say it bulk wholesale alcohol and bulk buy alcohol, things like that. And he noticed that um well he ended up he ended up ranking first for bulk buy alcohol or wholesale alcohol for years, and I think it was something like three years, didn't move once from the top position. And the only thing he'd done differently was he'd had to compare to like the other competitors on page one was having um, literally loads and loads of products to, put, to, to, meet the, to meet the intent of bulk. Mm, mm. You couldn't buy any of them. They all said out of stock. The content was rubbish. <laughs> but it, because they kept adding loads and loads and loads to meet the bulk intent, you literally ranked. You couldn't buy anything, but you ranked because he met the intent. 
A lot, yeah, we talk about this a lot. Obviously, uh, the developer team here at Canada built the Also Ask tool, which helps you target those like zero volume keywords you're talking about there. The intent for those words, and I know I, I'll put a link in the show notes if you haven't seen Mark's talk from Brighton SEO from a little while ago, is all about that in the, the power behind zero volume keywords. I was like, well, Google has to serve an answer somewhere, right? So why not you, essentially, is the, is the answer to that. Like, if you can answer incredibly specific questions that if you're pulling data from Google, you know people are asking, you know your audience and your customers are going to be asking, then that is, that's pretty nailed on search intent, right? If you know your customers are asking these questions, then they're relevant to you, they're relevant to your business. Doesn't matter if they're 10,000 volume or supposedly zero volume according to all the tools. You can, like you said, really nail that com- conversion rate and customer stuff and and get the customer heading in the right place, landing on the right page. And this was a big conversation we're having with another e-commerce client of mine here at Canada and saying about how they kind of like had these very big like header terms, but no kind of subcategory structure. So if people are looking for a really specific type of product, they want, as you were saying earlier, like they want women's shoes in a size six red Nike you don't have a page that answers at least a few of those variables. Maybe you could do like red Nike women's shoes, for example, rather than just red shoes. They would just have red shoes, blue shoes, green shoes, and just have those options. I was like, you're losing a lot of like audience here because people, as you say, they will land on that page and be like, well, this isn't what I was looking for. Why why am I seeing a bunch of men's stuff? Why am the query I typed into Google said women's shoes size six or whatever it did, but I'm finding size 10 men's shoes instead and it's not matching my search intent. Having the content there to back it up, ignoring your weird alcohol example, of course, <laughs> it, it is kind of important, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely think um, search intent is such a weird thing. And obviously when, you, when you're explaining it to a business that is the expert in their business, but obviously then it's the educational side of things with with the client um i've had many conversations with um one of our clients who um they 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 were a bit unsure as to ranking for those zero search volume terms um and i think because i'd because i'd explained about who was ranking for them and that it wasn't like crazy big companies it wasn't um any of their ma- major big competitors um but then said but actually when you google this lot like it was like a it was a it was a query question, not literally like it was like a why or how or a what question. And it had, it was like proper like nine keywords long um, and Quora and Reddit and then like mum's net or something were all ranking for it from like <laughs> six years ago. And I'm like, we could yeah. easily, because because the, the yeah. website was up to date and it was genuinely good content, had good foundations. I was like, there's no reason why we couldn't actually steal that. And, and you know, get a get a feature snippet because we we had a we built a habit up of, of designing content for that purpose. Um, so I think it's I think it's just about about educating clients sometimes that just because it's not thousands of thousands of search volume, actually it's far better to rank first or and or a feature snippet and or somewhere you know in that zero zero um, position position <laughs> um, than it is at the bottom of page two or bottom of page one because no one's going to click through then are they so. Exactly, exactly. So something you touched on earlier is reporting. And this is a very hot topic, I think particularly in SEO agencies, because every agency will have a different way of doing it. And even from department to department might have different ways of doing it. But let's talk about the difference between 
you know, what's right and wrong in SEO reporting in 2023? What should we be aspiring to and what should we be avoiding, I guess, in, in reporting to our clients these days? Yeah, so that's a monstrous question really, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try and break it down a little bit. So I think reporting to me shouldn't, touch word, shouldn't be about um, just a list of keywords. Um, but it's obviously very difficult to not be not have not report on list of keywords because that's essentially what our job sort of boils down to <laughs> but then let's spray that down a bit because that's a lot of pressure on keywords when we don't control google's algorithm um so a report really should be it should be looking at impressions and clicks um your organic visibility over time are you get is the business get growing its non-brand keywords is it being are more people searching for and landing on the website and are they converting is the business then getting more revenue off the back of those non-branded organic searches and i think to be honest that's that's what it boils down to i think reporting <laughs> is such a minefield of a of a of an issue to be honest and there's so many different opinions on what reporting should and shouldn't be and obviously, if you've got if you if you're agency side like I am, then some clients prefer shorter shorter um, reports with you know is traffic up, are leads up, what have you done this month? Um, some clients prefer um, you know long list of keywords because they really like you know got their heart set on on individual keywords. And then there's the whole conversation around um, actually is that right? Because if you hit your heart set on one keyword. And that drops, but then you look in Search Console and you can see, well, actually that page has had, or Analytics, sorry. Um, and you see, well, that page has had more clicks from a different keyword and actually more conversions. So don't worry too much that actually your heart, your, your, your favorite keyword from your <laughs> SEO report has dipped from third to fourth, for example. Um, but actually that's why you then need to get the whole picture, the bigger picture um, and look at, you know, the historic performance actually how long is how long have all these you know when we when we onboard a client for example how long have these problems been been going on is there in, is there um indexation issues that have been you know three plus years well if that's the case that's then when the report shouldn't just be a list of keywords it should be okay this is your historic performance of your website actually we need to build back up that trust with google to to even consider ranking you, even consider crawling you, if if, if it was depending on you know the technical state of the website. So, it, like I say, it's a minefield, but it shouldn't just be a list of keywords. Um, and even if it sort of is, because you're going to mean you're going to involve keywords in your report, because if you didn't, then it wouldn't be an SEO report. Um, but I still think there should be some context there to say, look, this is what we've worked on. These are the keywords we've worked on this month. This is why. This is what we've seen off the back of it. This is what's worked. This is not. This is what's not worked because. Not every not everything works all the time. Not every single page is going to be the same. Like, oh yeah, easy done. Because that's just not how things work in SEO with, with Google and all the other millions of things that affect performance um, and conversion rate and UX. It's not just keywords. It's the whole website. Um, so that was a very, very, very long-winded answer. But um, it shouldn't just be about keywords, but it should be a bit more well-rounded and, and results-focused, I think, is the key thing, really. Because if you, it's all well and good skimming through a, 15 page report or whatever the you know whatever report you get in it should tell you is it working or is it not and if it's not then let's kind of 
works through that basically i think that's probably i think that's the best the best way to report on, on something seo wise what, what about you yeah definitely i think bigger picture and context are the two things you said there that really really resonate as the key elements for me because so much of it you can i, th- I think rank tracking like you're saying at the end yeah. of the day that is a big part of seo whether you like it or not i think it's still a relevant thing to report but doing it in the context of long-term stuff so do you remember six months ago where you didn't rank for this thing at all? Well, now you're in position three, now you're in position two, now you're in position one. And having like historical data to go back through previous reports from month, last month's report, it was this, or from six months ago, it was this. Some clients we've even moved to like quarterly reporting for them because they're like, our industry is very slow moving. There's no point doing month to month stuff. For the record, I don't think month to month reporting has much value in SEO anyway. I think year on year on year and like quarter on quarter kind of stuff makes way more sense in the long term. I love that. And when you come to round two, looking at like literally how to present stuff, there was a again. I'm I'm referencing a lot of Brighton SEO talks. I've got it on the brain at the moment. I've just been just been booking stuff for Brighton, so I've clearly got it on my mind. There was a brilliant talk from Sophie Brannan uh, a few Brighton SEOs ago, and she was talking about how important SEO reporting can be and how you can make it not really boring and shit and make it actually engaging for the client so the client actually cares and they're invested in what you're doing and and how you're presenting it and all that kind of stuff. We've started moving towards more of like a dashboard-based thing. So if the client wants to dive into more detail, there's loads of clickable elements. They can, you know, dive around and have a look and filter stuff and see which subfolders are performing, which keywords are performing, which pages are getting the most clicks, which have changed year on year most and all this kind of stuff, rather than just a... This has gone up by 100 clicks. This has gone up by 500 (laughs) impressions. Just a wall of text. Actually having an interactable thing. And you're totally right as well. It depends from client to client, right? Some clients want data. They want numbers. They want figures. They want... Some clients are like, I don't care how much money have we made. Is it more than we made this time last year? Cool, good. If it's not, why not? Tell me. And something I've really gotten into the habit of doing... And, and kind of shifted over the last sort of year, 18 months or so since I joined Canada was including things like competitor stuff in there as well. So having a, uh, th- th- not because we're sponsored of the podcast by Systrix, but I do genuinely <laughs> use Systrix for this, is competitor analysis and stuff and doing that long term over the last two, three, five years, however long this relationship has been going with the client and you can backtrack it as well. Get them to get an idea of their competitors in the organic space when they're looking around and searching for their own products and stuff what are they seeing who else are they seeing on the serps do your own research as well kind of comparing contrasts and get a kind of handful of competitors and track those long term i found that's been really really useful for tracking things like industry changes so like oh everyone has gone up in visibility suddenly it's like was there a google update was there a shift or this kind of thing or like Two competitors have gone up, the other three have gone down, including us. Why? What's happened? What's changed? Or we're the only one that's going up and everyone else is going down. You can get a much, that's that bigger picture thing, right? You can really pull out, zoom out and see, well, I mean, they're focusing on this particular strategy right now. And chances are they're probably working with an SEO agency as well. Because I don't know about you, Katie, but you you get the inkling of that sometimes, right? You check out a competitor's website and you're like, "Mm, I can smell another agency's work. I've done the research and I've been on a website and I've thought, that's not just their 
putting it there blindly. Someone, an SEM specialist has done that. No one just adds that schema for no reason at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah, with the bigger definitely. picture, it's um, it, it obviously helps the client to see. Obviously, if you if you um, clients out as well, see some of the story. Um, but definitely, I've had calls in the last few days where, when you can, when the client can see the bigger picture and actually how, for example looking at the last 16 months or looking at you know the historic data i come back to search console because i think it's really really undervalued um looking at non-brand like i say um organic clicks and impressions when they're all up by like not by like two percent by like something notable and actually the client can see and see the the, the impact of that on the on the bottom line essentially um and then a, a client a client got into contact with me on a on a call a few days ago and so that actually they were taking that to um to a management meeting to talk about the the, the benefits of SEO and, and you know the the pitch the pitch that they were trying to build. Um, so it's it's it, you then get the investment and you you see that from from higher up. It's not just about you know the client that you, you know the, the client that you have that direct contact with. Actually, everyone else then suddenly sees oh okay SEO is not just about keywords. Something that agency is doing is working because here's the graph and then it's nice uplifting in everything. Um, because it's that long term, um, long term way of looking at things, rather than just like you say, month on month. It's it's harder. To, you can't you can't judge performance really. Obviously, you can judge performance to a level. If it suddenly drops off a cliff, that's still a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you look at it long term, you'll get a re- much better understanding. Much better understanding. So yeah, I think that that really quite important as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that that buy-in as well is such an important yeah. part that I've heard covered on many of the podcasts before, but like tying it around into the reporting side of things, you might not be speaking to the person who makes the big decisions in that company. You might be, like granted, with plenty of clients I've worked with in the past, I am directly reporting to the founder or the CEO, whoever it is. But a lot of the time you're talking to the only digital marketing person in that, or maybe just the only marketing person in that company. They might be a marketing manager, they might be a junior, whoever it is, and like, oh yeah, we'll we'll fob off the SEO agency onto those people and they'll deal with it. And then it's their job to then report that back to, you know, the C-suite people, the higher ups, the executives and all that kind of stuff. And you're totally right. When you hear like, oh, I shared your report with my boss and they loved it and now we're going to up your retainer or whatever, it's like, that's that's agency gold right that's like the that, dream it, really. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can go and tell your boss and be like yeah we nailed it <laughs> yeah it's just a nice little win that is and uh that, that's important in seo as I, I think we talked i think i talked about that on possibly on the um the seo mindset podcast that that's such an important thing to to do so yeah it's definitely definitely was definitely a yes moment when that when that client said that yeah i was very very pleased not online <laughs> definitely definitely so next point we're going to talk about kind of client relationships and asking the wrong questions to clients or asking no questions at all, right? Yeah, it's um, it's a weird one because I think, again, this comes back from the amount of times I've seen either people on LinkedIn directly messaging you and like 99% of the messages being, oh, I can get you to number one or, oh, have you, I've checked your website and I can see your rankings have plummeted and I'm like, no, they haven't. The rankings are up. You literally know nothing about what I'm doing with this client. You've not even spoken to the client. You don't know the business. You haven't had the conversation. So yeah, just to step back a bit, I guess it's you can't just start an SEO strategy without talking to the client because yeah, you can. I mean, 
you might have done that 10, 20 years ago when SEO started becoming even a thing. You'd just look at a website maybe and go, oh, okay, well, what keywords would you want on these pages? And sort of do your keyword research, do some research in, in a you know, third-party keyword tool and pick out some that see more right volumes. SEO is not like that anymore. It's It couldn't be further from the truth, to be honest. It should be about having a kickoff call, um, which sounds way more friendly than it actually, you know, <laughs> than it actually, than a kickoff should be. Um, but yeah, we should be having that conversation saying, right, talk to me about your business. The amount of times in the last six months or so I've said to a client, um, a client the first time I've spoken to them on a video call and said, tell me about your business like I'm a two-year-old. First of all, it completely, what's the phrase, um, breaks the ice because they laugh. And straight away they're like, oh, right, okay, okay, uh, and then you get them smiling. Everyone's everyone's had a chuckle, and then they they enjoy that because everyone's we're all people at the end of the day. And you get onto the call, and the first thing the first thing you say isn't anything about SEO. It's about their business. They're suddenly way more interested. They suddenly want to then talk <laughs> about the business. And businesses like talking about their business. So ask them about their business. I'm saying business an awful lot, <laughs> uh, but get to know their their everything about their business. Everything about how it works what the process is, who's your ideal customer. And I don't just mean, you know, Joe Bloggs, 28 from Birmingham. What are their problems? You know, really, really find, find out as much as you can to basically to know their business like they do. And then obviously if you don't do that, your SEO strategy might not be quite as aligned as it could be. But then you then you can go away and you can then do the SEO research to say, okay, this is what your competitors are doing. This is what your keyword, you know, the keywords, and you can then put together a really grounded strategy in alignment with their business goals. But if you just use the website or you just scan some on, you know, at the third party tool and go with that and hope or say, oh, well, this report says X, Y, Z, then we should change these title tags straight away. No, it doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. You have to have those conversations <laughs> first, understand their priorities, um, the amount of businesses I've, I've gone to work with or the one amount of clients, sorry, and They've got really old services, services they don't even have anymore. They don't even, you know, they don't even offer that service on their website. And you start doing keyword research because this was probably a couple of years ago now when I first started getting into SEO. And then you you do a bit of keyword research and you suggest that in the plan. They go, oh, we don't do that anymore. Our focus is X, Y, Z. But if you've had the conversation with the client and really, really got into the nitty gritty of things, you're then way more confident in actually knowing what know what to research and what to prioritize um and i think that's when the client then sees that in your in your in your research instead of just a list of keywords in an excel spreadsheet because anyone can pull that they then see oh okay right okay well we're they're a bit more serious about actually the approach and the why because i think if, if a client understands the why then they just get on board a little bit easier i think i don't know what you think yeah absolutely i think that's a really big part of like you said, breaking the ice on that relationship. And hopefully, like the plan is to keep that going for a long time, right? And, right. and starting off on the right foot, first impressions mean everything. There's all those phrases around like making a good first impression. Yeah. And I think you can even you can tie this back to like the pitching and proposal stage, like whoever in your agency is going forth and outreaching to new clients and, and suggesting proposals to them and stuff like that. Going that little bit extra and actually having that conversation with them during that initial call as well like hey what kind of things do you think your business is about and here's what i think your business is about from looking at your website and i i don't know the listeners couldn't see it but i'm sure you could get i was vigorously nodding as you were saying <laughs> that like 
totally agreeing like you get that moment where they have that old service and you're like okay cool so we've planned this thing you know the three main pillars of your business are a b and c and like we haven't done c in like five years like why is there <laughs> a whole true. section on your website about c then I'm like oh we just you know we'll get around to that eventually it's like oh right okay so what do you do it's like well we do d and e as well i was like you don't mention that right okay perfect <laughs> perfect brilliant that is where we're going to start off. That's where we're going to kick off. Let's build these pages while also working on A and B. We'll get D and E up running. We'll get rid of C, redirect those, blah, 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 blah. And you can already tell that's a strategy like forming straight away just yeah. from like a couple yeah. of sentences, right? Just understanding where they're coming from. You mentioned priorities there. I think that is a huge, huge key part of that to understand what priorities are for the client because maybe they do still have A, B and C, but it used to be that C made the most money and now A is making them more money. And actually they'd kind of want to have a bit more visibility and a bit more share of the voice in B. So don't touch A, everything's good. You know, our, our primary service is all good, but we've just started this secondary service or secondary product range or whatever it is. That's where we really want you to focus. So for the initial six months, can we really hone in on this thing or whatever it is? Understanding them and perfect example, you kicked off with the... Uh, Tell, explain your business like you're like I'm a two-year-old is the perfect way to get in, not only get in the head of the business, but get in the head of the customers, the clients, the the audience for your client and to understand, well, if you can't explain it to me and I can't infer that from the website or what you're saying to me is different to what you're saying on the website, then let's work together. Let's work that out. Let's understand, you know, where is that conflict? Where is that kind of clash coming from? I think that's such a huge part of that initial onboarding process and something I've experienced. I don't know about you, Katie, in previous agencies, stuff that people kind of take for granted. Just like, yeah, we'll onboard them. We'll, we'll tick all the boxes, content audit, technical audit, uh, one size fits all strategy. Uh, yeah, that'll do. That'll be fine. And just uh, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, spreadsheet, spreadsheet, done. I was like, actually, as you said, they're humans. Like, get to know your clients. No, yeah. Have conversations with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it is so, it's so make and make or break. I think that because being agency side, I think I do think the the first few months, let's say, are probably the most crucial of of the entire. However long the client you know is on board with with an agency, I think building up that trust at the very beginning, investing in investing that you know I've I've set Jira tasks that you know have got to literally just call called themselves business investment time just to understand them rather than <laughs> going straight away and doing a technical audit. Oh, you know, the, these third-party tools say X, Y, Z, oh, let's fix these title tags that I'll keep coming back to title tags, but it's, it's the one that drops up the most often. <laughs> um, but actually, like you said, I think that's interesting that you mentioned prioritization there, that obviously in the sense that you meant it, but then also it's all well and good looking at, for example, if, if the client's really, really excited about content, um, and they're, you know, it's a really niche industry and they've got um, really, you know, specialist writers. Well, with, with EEAT, that's obviously now really important, but you got to then prioritize because if you look in Search Console and you can see there's actually the serious index bloat issues or, you know, serious cannibalization or anything like that, well, actually, let's hold fire on your content audit because the content's still going to be there to create or to optimize or to, to work on and improve. But actually, if Google's saying actually 80% of your website's rubbish because you've got way too much content going on and it doesn't know what's what and it doesn't know the, what pages are the high-value pages and it's got serious problems, you can put all the money you want into content. But if it's not going to index it or if it's not going to like your website, 
you're literally you're throwing your money in the bin. Um, so I think I think this prioritization in SEO has has a lot of different levels. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's a thing I've been trying to develop and learn almost more than anything else since working here at Canada. Like the ability, like you said, to prioritize my own tasks throughout the day, mm. prioritize my tasks throughout the month on various clients, then really boiling down to like in this technical audit how do you prioritize these things how do you present these to the client and explain that actually you know fixing this no index issue or this indexing issue is more important than sorting out these title tags that are five yeah. characters too long and well said. explaining that process and all <laughs> back to title tags you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that whole process i think there's so many different layers of prioritization and, and ways to shift it whether that's big picture little picture really tiny little details and literally like a notebook on my desk of like this is what i need to do today this is what i need to do tomorrow this one needs to be done by the end of the week this one needs to be done by the end of the month like being able to prioritize like that and then the way you're communicating with clients like when i go into a reporting call with a client i don't read everything on the report note for note number for number word for word i pick out the highlights and say this is the work we've done this is why it matters here's why it's working. Okay, this didn't work, this previous strategy. Here are the results from that. And if you want more information, you can go and, like I said, having that interactable, you can dig through. The, if you want to go and check out all your rankings, feel free. I'll pick out some highlights. I'll pick out some things and really like prioritize. I know these are important to your business. So let's talk about these topics rather than here's a hundred different keywords that I'm going to list. Keyword one, move from position five to position two. Keyword two, move from position 35 to position 25. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything, does it? Nobody wants to listen to that stuff. No, definitely. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it. Nobody wants to listen to it. <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> so let's talk about some of those pages you mentioned there. Those are kind of like neglected, low quality pages. And again, I think this is a huge part of that initial scoping out of a client, right? Getting an idea of what is working on their site, what isn't working. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of just guilty of just leaving stuff hanging around and not performing well and, and not going for that, either cleansing it entirely or refreshing it and realizing, oh, there is potential, but it's not good enough. Like, do you think that's a, a valuable thing to have that conversation with the client in those early stages as well? Yeah, I think I think content audit shouldn't be something that's content audit in itself sounds sounds a bit jargony. And I say that to clients, they go, oh, "What <laughs> what do you mean? Like we haven't got any create. Like we, we need to find some creative writers." And I'm like, "No, no, no. I don't mean like let's create a fancy, you know, twelve fancy infographics and and a, and a whole blog strategy that lasts twenty on years. I don't, you know, content audit is let's look at your website and see what pages do you have on your website. What pages are being picked up, crawled, indexed, and then be ranked because there's different stages. Just because it gets crawled doesn't mean it's going to get ranked. Um, and actually looking at what clicks are they getting? What impressions are they getting? Are they of value? Because I think this is something that, again, when you're not, when you don't work in SEO, when you work in a business, i.e. you're the client, you might not understand. And that's obviously, I wouldn't expect them to understand. Um, you wouldn't quite get that. Google wants to show, wants to serve valuable content. And obviously at the moment with EAT and everything around the last sort of year or so of Google, it's it couldn't be more important that your content is valuable because it's now go it's now Google is now, you know, saying, if it's not valuable, I'm not ranking it. So actually 
going back and looking at your your looking at your pages and, and going, okay, well, these are the valuable ones. These are the ones that we need to make sure they're performing. And if they are performing, great. If they're not, obviously we can refresh it and optimize it, et cetera, et cetera. But the ones that aren't, it amazes me how many client websites I've worked on. Um, and they've got blogs from 2016, possibly even before then, that are about like that that aren't evergreen. So they're about like um, you know, a, a news thing that happened 21 years ago or whatever it was, and an intern wrote a blog on it. And I, I'm not saying intern shouldn't write blogs or anything like that. There's no discrimination at all. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but old content, content that's a, a new a not evergreen and is now has now been on the website for 10 plus years maybe even if it's five years to be honest you know content every Some, single sometimes even 18 content. months can be too much depending exactly. on the, speed oh, of the industry right and yeah. in seo it's it's you know a week and you're like you, you five you, minutes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly jack um so yeah i think i think content audit there's a bit of misunderstanding around it and i think it needs to be done if possible obviously it depends on the client's budget but as to like how much work you can action on each month. Um, but it needs to be done at the start because if you've got, like I said earlier about Search Console, if you've got 80% of your website is, is is blogs and is old blogs or is even landing pages, um, you know, whatever type of content or page that you've got that you that you've that's on the website, if Google's seen it and either it's discovered it from a backlink or it's discovered it in a sitemap. Um, or it's discovered it anywhere and it's either not crawling it or it sees it as thin content, that's where you then get their mass, that massive list of um, of reasons why your page hasn't been indexed or anything like that. That that needs to be addressed because, like I say, it comes back to that index blow. It, your, every single page on your website, and I'll say this and I'm blue in the face, every single page on your website needs to have genuine value and there needs to be not just written for SEO, but there needs to be it needs to offer something of actual substance, not just copy some headings written for the sake of it, whether it's AI content or not. Can't not mention AI in 2023. Um, <laughs> yeah, we need... We Welcome need, to it SEO in 2023. Exactly, yeah. AI. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, it, it it needs... And I think I'm getting so tongue-tied over this because it's it's such a stressful thing that I think clients think, oh, well... They're, they're only old blogs. It doesn't matter. Let's just leave them there. And I'm like, no, because that's 80% of your website and Google see it as rubbish. So it's something that needs addressing. But I think it's about, again, it always is a lot of the time with clients. It's about education and explaining, okay, I'm not just saying, I don't like these blogs. Let's get rid of them. There's a reason why you're saying it and actually why it's why Google doesn't like old content. And I think if you can explain that and educate them and, again, build that trust up, then it it can be make or break. I feel like everything in a series is make or break. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a huge part of that initial content audit. There's a brilliant um, thing we've done before, and that real eye opening moment for a client when you say like, so. 78% of your pages have received zero clicks in the last 12 <laughs> months. And they go, but we poured our heart and soul into all those blog yeah. posts. You're like, yeah, um, they don't provide any extra information. Yeah. And using the word value to the customer there, like that is the perfect way of describing that. Like, what are you expecting the person who reads that blog post to take away from this? Are they Are they learning that it was, you know, somebody in the company's birthday? Cool. Like... There's no SEO value. You can keep that for posterity of like, you know, 
it was Jack's birthday and he celebrated his 30th birthday or whatever it was, like whatever. But don't expect to get any traffic from that. And I've seen so often, like you said, you get that kind of really specific, this was thing happened in 2015. Okay, cool. And a strategy we've been talking about with clients over the last couple of years is if you're going to do like historic stuff, so like our best selling products of the year or our best performing whatever, or we won these awards, whatever it is, like any any annual thing or like yeah, yeah. tied to a specific date kind of thing, you can use that data, but have an evergreen page that essentially hosts all of that stuff. And so often you will see like blah, blah, blah awards 2017 in the URL. And I, I was having a conversation funny enough, with a friend of mine who was building a website the other day. I can't remember what CMS they were using, but for whatever reason, all the URLs defaulted to like slash live slash 2023, then the actual slug. I was like, get Oof. that 2023 out of there right now because that'll be out of date in like six months. What are you doing? Well, are you going to change that to 2024? Or like, what's the plan here? And they're like, I don't know. It did that automatically. It was like, well, get rid of that. If there's one thing to take away from me, you take away plenty from Katie from this episode. But one thing for me is <laughs> don't don't put years or dates in your URLs, please. It ages no. things like instantaneously and means you can't easily turn it into an evergreen piece of content if that opportunity comes back around. You then need to think about archiving and redirecting and blah, 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 blah. It's too so, messy. Yeah. It's too messy. Make life easy for yourself. And CMSs, I think, have a lot to answer for, I think. <laughs> well, that's definitely, that's a whole other rant we can go on. <laughs> but yeah, I think future-proofing your content and, like you said, not being too precious. I, I come from a writing background. Like, I've worked with a lot of editors who have completely... Yeah butchered my writing and i'm like yeah yeah you know you get used to it eventually kill your darlings and all that kind of stuff yeah. in the in the classic <laughs> if you want to go very literary about it but i think clients are kind of precious with like well we spent months and months doing this whole series of blogs about this particular service or product or offering that yeah. we have like ah, yeah nobody clicked on it though did they so uh should we completely rewrite that from scratch or should we just delete that entirely and redirect it like there's so many different ways to to go about it but i think you're right there's there can be value in those old pages but a lot of the time you can just get away with yeah sorry nobody's looking for this stuff anymore you probably don't even offer this thing that you're writing about anymore <laughs> so uh see you later old blog post yeah I, I think i think the thing that you mentioned actually earlier about um birthdays i'd obviously I'm I'm agency side, so I don't I, I haven't I don't think I've ever been client side, and I I I appreciate that companies are going to want to shout about the good stuff that's going on in their in their company. I'm all for that. I think that's fantastic, but I don't know how. Well, I do know how, and it's not much. How much value um, Google's going to get out of, like you say, oh, new interns birthday. I don't know why I keep saying interns, but but you're really you know calling I mean? out the interns this week, mate. Yeah. Man, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no discrimination. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's value in like doing a social media post for that. Like, oh, it's, you know, the CEO's yeah. birthday or the marketing manager's birthday or whatever. Like, cool. Take a yeah. little photo, put it on Twitter, threads, Instagram, whatever, using LinkedIn, whatever. Cool. Yeah. Don't worry about putting it in the CMS and making sure the featured image is the right size and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, oh, is this URL? Like, what? Oh, that, that doesn't quite work. That The title tag's too long and we're back on title tags again. Oh, we haven't got the meta description <laughs> perfectly crafted. Like, 
who cares about a meta description yeah. about Jack's birthday? Like, yeah. <laughs> nobody, not even my mum is searching for my birthday. Like, nobody cares oh, about that I'm kind sure of stuff. Oh, sure she is. I would hope my mum knows my, she doesn't need to Google it. She would know it already, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, That's 3 p.m. brain for you. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? Cool. Let's wrap up with the last topic then, shall we? And talk a little bit about technical SEO. And this is kind of the <laughs> other side of the content audit, right? This is kind of the pressure I think a lot of people feel to get that 100% score on yeah. whatever tool you're using. And how that's kind of not the best way to go about doing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it, technical SEO, I think until about, to be honest, until about 12 months ago, the thought of even just the words technical SEO would make me go a little bit. And I don't think I'm the only SEO in the world that thinks that. Um, but I think um, I've been doing actually I've been doing a I've been doing a webinar by um, Daniel Foley Carter, and I think if any SEO is is out there learning wanting to grow in their career, wh how whatever level they're at, I think it's, it's a paid for uh, workshop. But there's you get so much value for money, um, and I would strongly recommend kind of going ahead with that if that's something you're interested in. But I kind of learn learn lots in that webinar, and it was all about how how to strategize um based on data and it was all about how like we say those blooming title tags um it's not necessarily a technical audit isn't pulling the things that are wrong with your website that are that include you know h1s and oh you've got too you've got too many h2s on this page and that kind of stuff that like you say that you, you've pulled from a from a third party piece of software technical seo isn't about that it might have been 10 20 years ago um but it's 2023 and it's not gonna that just doesn't cut the mustard anymore um technically technically technical seo should be about um using the data the real data um in search console and actually getting to grips with how how is your website performing historically uh, because if you don't know that i don't know how you can how can you then create a whole SEO strategy with lots and lots of keywords and look at all this content. If actually there's if there's a serious problem with the robots text file or if the site map's got major issues with it, um you can do all the content in the world, but actually you need to check and look and deep dive. It's so worth that deep dive into that data to see what pages is Google picking up, what pages is it crawling, what pages is it indexing or not. Um, is there cannibalization? All of that kind of stuff. That's what's going to impact the the long term SEO strategy, rather than a um, a, te a technical audit in inverted commas um, from a third party tool. Obviously, if you're brand new to SEO and you literally you don't know what the technical audit is, te technical SEO audit is, then obviously I'm sure those tools are are quite are helpful in that aspect. But to work out technical a technical seo audit should be to work out the historical performance of a website in terms of indexability and where it's getting the clicks from where it's getting the impressions from non-branded um and then from that data you can then work out okay what do we need to do with this website to get it to be driving um the revenue or the leads um that it needs to from an organic perspective rather than just whipping up a um you know tasking up some some title tags from um from a from a third party software. I think for me that's that's something that I 
don't see a lot of in the um, in the SEO industry. It's always about, oh, here's a technical technical SEO audit. You need to fix these um, these H1s. I'll say this time, all these oh, or your image alt tags. For goodness sake, if I had a penny for every time I'd seen that, but actually they're ranked number one because the intent's correct. So yeah, I think technical SEO auditing has has a lot to answer for. Yeah, definitely. I think you're totally right. When people go for that kind of checklist approach of just like, yeah, we all yeah, I know that you need a title tag and an H1 and a this and a that and a blah, 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 and making sure all your different on-page bits and pieces are sorted. But there is so much value in digging around in the search console data. Like you're saying, that kind of, for want of better phrase, is about as close as you're going to get to that first-party data to know yeah. what queries people are actually finding your site through how your pages are actually performing from the SERPs. Granted, you don't get any of the revenue and lovely conversion data and stuff we've been talking about earlier on, but you get that raw from SERP to site kind of data that you need to understand how Google is understanding your site, what kind of things does Google rank you for? Essentially, that average position, I think, is something people really kind of take for granted and kind of ignore a lot of the time. I know something Mark and I have talked about a lot where if there's a sudden massive drop in impressions or a sudden massive drop in clicks, to have a little quick check of your average position. If that hasn't changed, something else yeah. is going on. You've not suddenly lost rankings. And you might see but, in some tool or whatever, that oh, yeah, the rankings have changed. But then you go and check this up and you're still at number one, number two, number three, whatever it is. There's something else going on. There might be an overall you know, drop in interest for that particular topic or your brand or whatever right. it is. And there's so much information, just that one little piece of information you can pull out so much, like you said, rather than, oh, no, this is too long. This is too short. Oh, is you haven't got enough meta descriptions. Like, yeah, great. Cool. Like, No one cares. <laughs> yeah. They care about the impressions, don't lie in the, the traffic. Exactly. Yeah. And I think um, speaking of Daniel Foley Carter, like what a fantastic person to recommend. Go and follow. Yes. I'll put links yeah. to follow Dan in, in the show notes as well, because He's one of my favorite people to follow on LinkedIn, like genuine, real, insightful, kind of no BS information that I think we kind of have to filter through to find in so much SEO <laughs> stuff these days. And there yeah. are a few people out there that kind of do it better than Dan for me. So, yeah, huge shout out to Dan for for what he's doing. And yeah, go and check out that webinar. I'll, put, I'll, I'll find the link for that and put that in the show notes as well. So you're welcome, Dan, if you are listening. I know he does listen occasionally. <laughs> no, definitely. I'd, he asked me how I was finding it, and I genuinely said it's one of the one of the best best value for money in terms of my career. Um, just, I think there's a lot out there. Like you say, there's an awful lot of SEO stuff on LinkedIn and on obviously other social platforms as well and all over the internet. But it can be actually quite, it can be hard sometimes because it's so such a saturated industry. And there's so many articles on Mars and on HREFs. And like I said, they are useful if you've literally never done SEO before and it's day one and you don't know anything about SEO. But, you know, eight, nine, ten years in and you want to kind of advance a little bit. Even obviously if you're not nine, no, nine or ten years in, if you're a few years in or, you know, you, 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 you're just excited about the potential because there's so much going on in SEO. And actually you want to figure out how to how to be a better SEO and get better results for either your clients or obviously client side i think i would probably i would recommend definitely recommend um that that webinar. i think there was something like 25 hours worth of work worth of um worth of workshop or something <laughs> uh but honestly every single all of it the whole you know the all the all the screen shares and it was just absolutely absolutely brilliant in terms of not necessarily thinking differently but using knowing how to use data because i think sometimes that can 
when you've just stepped into SEO, it can be a bit sort of, oh God, like organic sessions and you're trying to figure out GA and then, and then GA4 comes along and it's it can be a bit um, bit overwhelming, especially if you're new in SEO. But I think once if you know how to deal with the data and what the data is telling you, and another thing, he, he he's brilliant at breaking down technical SEO, uh, which I think has obviously massively helped me um, in understanding what Google Search Console is trying to tell you rather than just, oh, here's some reasons and here's some pages that aren't indexed. But if that's 10,000 pages out of a, of a rather large website, you've got a serious problem that actually if you understand what the importance is of it and you understand how to fix it, that could be, again, a make or, a make or break. Yeah, and sometimes you want some pages to be no indexed and that's done on oh, purpose yeah, and yeah. you just see the report and it's like, oh my God, there's 10,000 pages that are no indexed. That's a bad thing. It's like, well, not necessarily. Yeah, some, like, you have to check maybe them, not all 10,000 of them, but being able to dive into that indexing report and credit to Google, they've improved their indexing report a mm. lot over the last yeah. few months. Like with the individual like statuses and stuff and, and kind of like they have the little where the responsibility lies. Like, yeah, don't worry, we'll sort it. It's a Google problem or you need to sort your website out. It's a you problem <laughs> kind of option there. And I <laughs> yeah, think that's yeah. helped clarify for a lot of people like, oh, it's it's crawl but not index. What do I need to do? It's like, probably wait just, probably, yeah. just to see how it goes yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't have to action absolutely everything that search console tells you but i think if you i think to make yourself a better seo i think i'd advise have a look and google stuff google stuff and watch videos and try and understand what it's telling you and and then actually figure out okay well do we want this page to be indexed and then if you're not quite sure on the whole you know if you understand isn't there on in indexation then obviously either google it or then you know ask yourself like if it's indexed, would I want to see this page in the SERPs? Would it matter to someone who is a potential customer? Or actually, do I not want to see WordPress admin URLs all over indexed? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so not not absolutely everything has to be actioned, but it should at least be looked at properly and decided yeah. either way for, for, for the reason or not, basically. Definitely, definitely. We mentioned you should go and follow Daniel Felicata, but people want to follow you on social media, Casey. Where can they do that? Where can they find you and follow your seo escapades across the internet <laughs> um well i'm pretty much only really active on uh, on linkedin I've, I've become a lot more active these days but yeah you can uh, definitely find me on linkedin i'm not not so much twitter and facebook i know i know a lot of our industry is is quite active on twitter well not for not for much longer if elon musk has anything to no to i know <laughs> no or i should be saying threads now should i that's the new thing isn't it so um but uh i am on threads but i'm i'm by no stretch of the imagination an active user but yeah much prefer LinkedIn because you can get much more um much more detail and value from it, I think. Yeah. So so go see me on LinkedIn, I'd say. Nice. The links for that, listeners, will be in the show notes at search.withcanada.co.uk. Go and follow Katie because she's doing cool stuff in SEO and has cool <laughs> things to talk about. Thanks very much, Jack. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has. I feel like I've had a little mini therapy session about SEO and that's always a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an SEO specialist, podcaster, and not licensed therapist. There you go. <laughs> do that in your bio. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be updating my threads bio next. Do, do. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Katie. It's been really, really cool chatting with you. Cool. Likewise. Thanks, Jack. And that about wraps us up for this week's episode of Search with Canda. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Katie. Uh, a bit more of a rant, really, but I thought it was a lot of fun and uh, had some interesting insights and some excellent advice in there as well. 
I'll be back over the next few weeks. I'll be talking all about why people think it's hard to build links in 2023 with professional digital PR specialist and consultant Joe O'Reilly. I'll be reuniting with Mark on another Systrix with Candor live stream. That'll be over on Systrix's YouTube channel. I'll put a link for that in the show notes. And of course, that will be on the podcast feed as usual as well, doing our usual recap of the month's highlights in news and a bit of Q&A as well. I'll also be having a conversation with Alize Bordez coming up in the not too distant future as well. So please do stay tuned for all of that coming up in the next few weeks on Search with Candor. Until then, thank you so much for listening and have a lovely week.